why can it sometimes be such a struggle to get our kids to just do their work? If you're tired of the complaining, the pushback, the negativity when it comes to school and learning, this episode is definitely for you. We're talking about learning styles and three strategies that you can use to homeschool in a way that really creates a love of learning and reduces the resistance. Plus, you'll learn four easy steps to really practically apply these strategies. So grab a notebook and a pen because you're definitely going to want to take notes on this one. All right, let's dig in. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is gonna keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. Welcome back, ladies. I am excited for this episode. There are a lot of good nuggets of information that I think will really help you on your homeschool journey, especially if you are in a season where your kids are just pushing back, maybe complaining, just really seem to be negative when it comes to learning and schoolwork. So we're going to talk about three strategies that we can use to really help turn the narrative around when it comes to school, really help your kids start to love learning, and then how to make these strategies like a real thing in your homeschool. So we're going to jump right into it. Strategy number one is to learn your children's learning styles and stop trying to push learning styles that just don't work for your kids. So, you know, we really all have preconceived ideas of what we want our homeschool days to look like. We all have a certain way that we personally like to teach, we personally like to learn, and sometimes we think and just assume that that is going to be the same for our kids. But sometimes the way that you like to do it is just not the way that it works best for your child. So let me give you an example. Maybe you learn best by reading and writing. Like that is totally me. I love reading. I love writing things down. I like to take notes. Um, I like worksheets. I like to have things written down in an orderly manner. But maybe that doesn't work for your child. Maybe they hate worksheets. Maybe they're not even absorbing anything that they're writing down or reading. So why are we still doing that? Why are we still pushing that method when it's not working? So I love this quote from the book Love the Journey by Marcia Somerville. She says, because we personally lean unconsciously towards certain modalities, we can be unaware of the need for and joys of using a variety of approaches to academic subjects. Furthermore, we can be quick to judge 
condemn, and punish the different child or even just ignore possibilities for teaching in a new way. We need to walk humbly and carefully here. This is really so important to recognize that many times we're pushing a learning style on our kids that just doesn't work for them. And if we keep pushing, we're going to get a ton of pushback and our days are going to be stressful. But if we can really learn what works best for our kids, what learning styles work best for them, and instead use those styles with them, it's going to change the way your whole homeschool days go. So let's take a minute to just talk about the different modalities, the different learning styles. So we have like our basic four that I'm going to dive into, but then I have a couple extra that I want to just note here. So number one is visual learning. Visual learners process information best through sight. So things like graphs, images, charts, maps, videos, books work really well for visual learners. They might like to draw diagrams of their ideas, Um, Things like allowing them to take notes and sketch images while they're learning can work really well for them. Okay, so the second learning style is auditory learning. Auditory learners process information best by listening to it. So they learn from oral instruction, so from lectures, from you maybe reading out loud, from podcasts. Also, these types of learners rarely like to take notes or write things down, but they do like to repeat the concepts out loud to help them retain the information. So things like reading books out loud to your kids or incorporating like acronyms or catchy phrases to help them remember different ideas or topics Um, or encouraging your learners to read information out loud. Maybe, um, you know, after they read a story, have them repeat what it was about or after they read um, some something nonfiction, have them repeat to you what they learned that can work really well for auditory learners. Okay, so our third learning style is reading and writing learning. So reading and writing learners process information best when using written materials like books, um, you know, even like Googling something in, in, from the internet, obviously. That's where you Google things. But Googling, Googling something and reading the information there or handouts, um, reports, things like that. Children that do best with reading and writing learning like to take written notes once they're old enough to write, and they enjoy researching and reading. This is definitely me. I love reading books. I love notebooking and journaling, and my new favorite, lap booking. All right, the fourth learning style is, I'm, I think I'm going to pronounce this wrong, kinesthetic. Kinesthetic? Kinesthetic. Yes, kinesthetic learning. All right, guys, if I got it wrong, let me know in the Facebook group. Kinesthetic learners, they process information best when using a hands-on approach. So they learn by doing things, right? They need to physically participate to really soak it in. Um, These types of children really tend to be like the energetic ones that have trouble sitting still. Incorporating things like movement, teaching lessons while you're on a walk or while you're playing can really help these types of learners. Kinesthetic learners can benefit from acting out 
physically what you're learning. And also it's really helpful for them to take breaks um, frequently and get up and move to just keep them interested and keep them focused. So those are like the four basic, but then I've, I've researched some of these other learning styles that I found were very interesting. So the next one I want to share with you is logical learning. Logical learners process information best by using ordered methods to kind of like record and process the information. So they do best when they receive direct instructions and concrete rules. They like categorized tasks and information. They're really good with patterns and can tend to be good with numbers as well. Some techniques that can really help logical learners are really making sure that you have structure, direct instructions, and concise goals making sure that you provide facts and figures relevant to what you're talking about can really keep them engaged, um, encouraging them to categorize information using charts and tables and diagrams. Things like this can really keep them, you know, focused. This is really not my learning style, but I really think that some of this is Silas and I'm going to be trying to incorporate some of these strategies and see how they go. All right, the next learning style is social learning. Some people learn best when they're in a group or when they're collaborating with others. They'd like to be part of a team. So for people who are social learners, learners, providing opportunities to work in a group, whether it be, you know, in your home, in your family, or finding a group, a co-op, or just a group of kids that want to learn, that want to learn a certain thing together can be very beneficial for them. Um, also, encouraging social learners to teach other people the new skills or tasks that they're learning can really help them to solidify that information. And then the other type is solitary learning. So this is like the opposite of social learning. These types of learners process information best when they're working independently. They like quiet environments. They like to keep to themselves. So things that work well for solitary learners would be making sure that you have those private, quiet areas in your home that they can go and focus. But make sure you also ask questions and check in because these types of learners tend not to speak up on their own if they have questions. Also providing goals where you can check in with their progress can help keep them motivated. So start thinking about what type of learning style you think works for your children. Be aware, take notes. What's working? What's not? Do they love worksheets? Do they hate worksheets? Do they love watching a video that explains what you're learning? Try some new tactics and just be aware to see what works and see what doesn't work. Strategy number two is to have realistic expectations and meet your kids where they are. So maybe the learning styles that you're using are right on point but maybe your expectations are off, or maybe it's all off and we've gotta work on it all, which is probably the case for many of us. So when you believe that your children are capable of something that they just really aren't capable of yet, it really creates tension. You become frustrated with them because you feel like they should be able to do this, they're not doing it. Maybe you feel like they're disobeying or they're just not putting in effort. They become frustrated with you because they're not able to meet your expectations and it just really goes badly. So for an example, if you have a child who is an auditory learner, you're, you're on point, you know what they like, great, you've got all the read out loud books and you're ready to go. Except when you sit down to read, 
your child won't sit still or they keep interrupting you when you're reading and it's driving you crazy. So it's quite likely that your expectations were off. And honestly, we've all been there, especially when it comes to read out louds, I think. So how can you meet your kids where they are while still teaching them the skill of sitting and listening? So I think we're all familiar with fidgets by now, right? But sometimes just giving your kids something to do with their hands while they're listening to you, while you're speaking, while you're reading to them can really help. Things like coloring, drawing, um, like I mentioned, my new favorite lap booking, notebooking, those can be very beneficial to, to kids if they're not able to really sit down and just sit still and listen yet. Maybe even letting them interrupt respectfully, right? Maybe they're a social learner and sharing ideas helps to solidify what they're learning or maybe repeating what you just said and processing it out loud helps. To us, sometimes it seems like they're just interrupting and that's rude. But maybe if we take another look at really what's happening there, we might start to see that that it's just something that helps them. Them interrupting helps them to process what you're saying. Another example, Silas definitely has a preference towards a reading and writing learning style. He likes to, loves to read. He likes to write stories. And in my mind, him liking to write stories should transfer to him writing things down on paper. Especially because recently he was writing something down and my husband commented that his handwriting was getting pretty bad. He said something like, I think it's worse than when he was in first grade. And I'm like, what? So now all of a sudden I have this outside pressure that's like, we need to get his handwriting on point. But requiring him to write on paper really like squashes all of the fun out of learning. He like absolutely dreads it. So how can I meet him where he is at? Honestly, that's the question I've been asking myself all week. (laughs) But I really, I think the answer is in compromise right? I, I think it is important that he works a little bit on his handwriting, right? We, we need to be able to write things on paper. So, you know, I'm going to require some of that, but then let him just type or maybe verbally tell us what he's learning for the rest of it. And honestly, it's really hard to break free from that need of concrete written evidence. Like I said, I'm the type of learner that likes to read and really likes to write. And having that evidence that he has learned something written down on paper really makes me feel good. But honestly, if he can recite what he just read with passion, or if he can type out with what he is reading and learning, why am I going to force him to write it down on paper? It's only because it's my own need for that confirmation that we're like the proof that we're actually doing something. So, you know, what are your expectations? Are they are they right or are they off? And if they are off, how can you meet your kids where they are? So strategy number three, use your children's learning style and interests to your advantage. So sometimes we have to get rid of that vision of what we thought school would look like. Maybe your child loves watching videos and you really you really don't love being on a screen. But maybe they're just a visual auditory learner. So embrace it. Stop trying to resist it and just find all the videos on the subject that you're learning and use it to your advantage. 
If your child loves drawing, let them draw while you're reading to them. Let them draw the phases of the moon while you're reading to them all about space. Like use it to your advantage. Silas loves reading. So he would spend, he does spend hours reading. And although he prefers fiction, I really make it a point to get lots of interesting nonfiction books and leave them around the house. So I'm taking advantage of his his interest in reading, of his learning style of reading. And honestly, he learned so many interesting facts that half the time I'm like, that is not true. And I go and I'm like, let's Google that. <laughs> and it's always true. I'm like, well, how did you learn that? Um, and I recently just challenged him to read more nonfiction because I really want to harness that interest of his and use it to our advantage in our homeschooling. How can you use your children's learning styles, your children's interests and preferences to your advantage to just open up the world of learning to them? And guys, this is the beauty of homeschooling, right? We get to meet our kids where they are. We get to teach them in a way that actually works for them and they don't need to conform to someone else's way or to like the way of the group. I mean, unless you make them conform to your way. But I honestly believe that in most cases, it's a disservice to them. And I know it's hard. I know it's so hard to break free from how we envision learning should be and how we like to teach and we like to learn. So I want to give you four steps to really just make it practical for you. Step number one, get familiar with the different learning styles. Go ahead and re-listen to the part of the podcast that speaks about learning styles. Do a little Google research and just learn about the different learning styles. Step number two, look at what you're doing now and identify what is working and what is not working. And that will help you to really get more clear on the learning styles as well. Step number three, identify where your expectations are off. So really look at what's not working and take a step back and look like, is it not working because my expectations are off? And how can you meet your kids where they are? And then step number four, after you identify your child's learning style, their strengths and interests, try some new techniques based on what you've observed and what you learned about what you think works for them. The truth is, no matter how much we want our kids to be like us, or it's just easier for us when they're when they're similar to us, or sometimes it's harder, honestly, but, but we were all uniquely created, right? We have different strengths and weaknesses. We have different likes and dislikes, and we need to let our children learn and explore creation in a way that truly works for them. Embrace your child's unique gifts. And guys, this is I'm saying this to myself just as much as I'm saying it to you. I'm also on this journey, learning how to do it. Romans 12 tells us that we all have different functions in the body of Christ. We were all given different gifts. Romans 12, 4 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So you might be a hand and you're really digging being a hand, like you really like it and it works well for you, but your child's not a hand. Maybe your child is an eye. Let them be an eye. Don't try to turn them into a hand like you, right? Don't try to make them conform. Don't let your preconceived ideas and preferences of what you think learning should look like hinder your child's ability to learn. 
right? Your children were given these gifts and these strengths for God's kingdom. And in the next episode, we're going to dig into that a little bit more, like how you can really honor God and pursue his kingdom and follow his lead in your homeschool. So make sure you turn on your notifications, subscribe to the show so you get the alert when this episode comes out. And guys, if you haven't left me a review yet, what are you waiting for? No, honestly, it really, it really would bless me listening to your review really shows me that my work is having an impact and it helps other moms find my show. So if you haven't left a review yet, I would so appreciate it if you would. And the other thing I want to start doing is each week, I want to focus on a specific scripture that goes along with that week's teaching. And I want to create a phone wallpaper with the scripture on it. So every time when you turn on your phone, you're going to have a reminder throughout the week what you're working towards. And each week you can download that wallpaper from the Facebook group under the media tab. So if you're not in the Facebook group, you need to get there. So this week, we're going to be focusing on that scripture I read from Romans 12, 4, that really is going to remind you that your kids are not the same as you, and they're not the, ki- the same as your neighbor's kids, and they're not even the same. Each of your children are not the same as each other, right? For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, and that's totally okay. Embrace your children's differences. All right, I just want to pray for you. I just pray that the Lord gives you wisdom, gives you eyes to see what he's doing in your children and how you can pour into them, how you can embrace their differences, how you can embrace their gifts and really give them space to learn who they are, who God created them to be and encourage them and uplift them. I just pray that the Lord blesses you and blesses your family this week. In Jesus' name, amen.